Psycho Man, what you smoking? I'm not smoking. I'm breathing. Six of who do you think you are? I am. It is me, Chen's alongside co-host, good friend Puma. What's going on, guys? All right, a little hesitation there. Kind of forgot what we were doing. <laughs> Maybe that's because we just spent two plus hours with Puma dealing with um, travel issues. We don't have to get into the whole specifics, but he he was on the phone with a lot of different people from a lot of different places. And they're all fucking idiots. <laughs> he got it done, though. He got it done. So, episode six, man. We're we're getting there. Yeah, yeah. moving up moving up the ladder. You yeah. know, it's it's um it's fun because now you look now Sundays, you know, Sundays are for the boys. This is it. You know? right, take it easy with that saying. Sundays are for the boys. Sundays Sundays for God and for Podcasting. Podcasting. Mm. So uh, we've got a lot to talk about today. We've got, obviously, probably the biggest news in, in the sports world. Bryce Harper finally going somewhere. And if you know, if you listen to the show, this has been a big topic for us. You know, Puma feels very strongly about the whole free agent market with the MLB. Uh, we've got some LeBron shit to talk about. Which Paul is, Pierce, LeBron. You know, that's what I, that's, uh, I'll be... Getting into that, and then we'll talk a little bit of uh, hockey. I know it's a little late, but trade deadline, big shit happened, some moves, uh, including big moves for our favorite team, the New York Rangers, but, you know, we don't try to be biased here. We want to talk about all the teams, you know, show some love for everyone else, but a lot of teams made, I mean, Winnipeg, Columbus, those, uh, Ottawa, Made a lot of moves. Yeah. A and lot of moves with like each other too. It's really weird. And outside of the trade deadline, I want to talk about the shit that happened on the island earlier this week with John Tavares because that was horrible and oh Island, their fans should be fucking uh, ashamed of themselves. If they aren't already. Well, for you're an being, Islanders fan. You're already an fucking Islanders miserable. But, so uh, what are we, we going to start off? Should we do it? Well, first of all, I want to thank the fans that voted for our um, intro. Um because, you know, we actually had some fan involvement, a little bit of a vote, and as you can see with the movie that we picked uh, is the movie that won, and I hope you guys like the quote this week. Uh, also, I'd like to thank a fan who actually guessed the correct hat. Um, you know, I guess I got to call you guys out to get some motion here after calling you guys out the first episode, but the answer was the 1998 uh, World Series San Diego Padre hat, so thank you to our fan Matt for getting that correct. Uh, actually, is Matt going to call in? Possibly. Possibly? Possibly. Yeah. Okay, so we might actually have a phone call today during so the maybe, show. Maybe that could be a little incentive. Yeah. So if you call, if you get the the answer right, right, you get the you get the you get to contribute. The first answer right, we get to call. Well, I mean, the, he was the only one. He was so. the only one, but hey, you know okay. who knows. We went from zero well, to one. Yeah, exactly. We're heading in the right direction. Uh, so I appreciate you guys. Thank you. You know, make for making my life easier and picking the movie for me. Um, so let's play guess that hat. I think this one's a tough one. This is going to be fucking tough. This is a tough I one. I would be... I'll give a lot of credit to whoever guesses this correctly. Because this is hard, man. Because... 
this team doesn't even, uh, that's one I guess that'd be one of the clues I don't want to give it away so do you want to go first with the first clue sure uh, uh, so yeah it is time to play guess that hat today Puma's donning a beautiful old classic hat and uh, it's got some nice color patterns it's got a beautiful World Series patch on the side as most of his hats do. This is going to be a tough one, man. This is this will be worth the calling if you can get this. So take it away, Puma. Okay, so fan uh, fact number one is that this team had fell victim to the New York Yankees in the World Series, the only World Series they made while in this town. Okay. That's clue one. Clue one. All right. You want me to do number two? Go ahead. Puma, Puma knows more about this than I do. I'm looking up some some real basic facts here. Um, damn. I'm going to just – I'm just going to say I don't want to make it too – I don't want to get too crazy with the clues yet. I'll just do the record. Their record in this year was 95 and 59. They finished first in the National League. Okay. So this team If you want to take it away from here, man. Yeah, sure. Since, since this is this is so your So this this team had Hall of Famers on it. Uh eventually one of the one of the players was the home run king. I'm not going to give you his name. You should know who the home run king is if you listen to baseball. He was dethroned by Barry Bonds. The real home run king. But he is the real home run king. He beat Babe Ruth. Um, so that's a good clue. That's a good I think, clue. I think people are going to guess the nickname, you know? Mm-hmm. But they're going to get tripped up with the with the city. So this team left the current city. So there's a team. No, not the current city. Well, this team left this city to be in their current city. Um, I'm not giving you a year. I'm just giving you the... They relocated and they have the same name. So same nickname. Same team name. Right, the nickname. Different city. That's what's technically known as. And this city has a team in it right now. Mm. Mm. Good. That's good. So that's four, right? So one more. One more fact about this team. Mm. So this team... Here's one. This team was had their most success in the second t- the town that they moved to. So they were called the team of the 90s, even though they were the ugly step-sister to the Yankees in the 90s. They started out the 90s hot. They got to the World Series a bunch of times, but they only won one World Series after, That's being, That's after being in the World Series. They were in the World Series in... I don't have uh, no, no, I'm not guessing the years. I'm just counting. They were in like five or six World Series in the nineties. They only won one. It's a good one. So there's guess my hat. You should. You should. There's my segment. I feel like if you know baseball, then you should be able to get it. You should get at least a nickname based on that last clue, and then kind of think about the, where they're from. The year, though, man. Got to get the year. The year's tough. You know, Matt had to do two two uh, comments on our picture because he got the team right, but he didn't well, get the I patch. I just think we got to make that clear. We're looking for it. The year and the name of the team. 
Well, yeah. If if it's a World Series hat, if it's a hat that has a patch on it, right. I want which, the patch too. So far, that's what it's been. So far, that's what it's been. So right. let's get into let's it. Let's do it. Um, do you? Is Matt ready? So let's get Matt on the horn. We're just gonna do a live call in. Yeah, we're gonna do live call in. Let's get him on the horn. Let's All talk right. hockey. Um, I would like to go over the deadline. There have been some good moves, some surprise moves, some teams that should have made moves that didn't make moves. Okay, and um, you know some of the things, some of the trades were good, made sense, and other trades didn't make sense for me. And teams that should have made moves that didn't. Kind of didn't make sense to me. Okay. Uh, the first trade we'll start with is, well, while we're getting him, I'm going to just go over some of the basic stuff that, you know. So we talked about the Zingle trade. Um, the next big trade that went down uh, was the Devils trading a goaltender. So I guess they believe in Corey Schneider. They traded Keith Kincaid to Columbus. So Kincaid is going to back up Bobrovsky and Columbus for a 2022 fifth-round pick. So that pick is all the way out there. Um, the next trade, I want to get Matt, Matt's input on it. It was the New York Ranger trade. The Rangers trade, which Chance called in the last show, was the Rangers traded with the Winnipeg Jets. Kevin Hayes going to the Jets for a 2019 first-round pick and a conditional 2022. 2022 fourth round pick and Brandon Lemieux, Claude Lemieux's son. And watching him play the last few games, I like it. I like his style. He's a very Sean Avery type of guy. And we're, that's, you know, Sean Avery we're going to bring up later in the show because he, he intertwines with what happened with John Tavares. Um, yeah, I mean, so. Matt, Matt will give, give more opinions on the, on the Rangers thing. He's... Big, big Ranger guy. So, another big trade was Broussard was traded again. Which you called as well. Which you I said, called. He was traded. You were, hear, were hearing the buzz. He was traded from Florida to Colorado. So, he's now with the Avalanche. He was traded for a third-round pick. But what's interesting is that Florida sent over a conditional pick as well. So, Broussard... Broussard and a conditional 2026 round pick was moved to Avalanche to the Avalanche for a third round pick. Um, the Rangers made another deal. They traded Adam McQuaid to Columbus, another defenseman going to Columbus for two picks. So they pretty much got him for what they traded for, uh, even though they moved down in those in those rounds um, from their original picks. But the biggest trade that went down was the Ottawa Senators traded Mark Stone, their top leading goal scorer, to Vegas, and another forward, Tobias Lindbergh, for Eric Brandstrom, Oscar Lindbergh, former Ranger, and 2020 second-round pick from Dallas. And he signed an eight-year deal as well. So I think we have our... I think we have our caller. I think we surprised him a little bit. I'm the one that got surprised here. You fucking blindsided the hell out of me. So. All right. So we're, we're, we're literally live right now. So here we go. <laughs> so. We got we got uh, the winner of Guess That Hat. And he has now 
earned uh, earned his spot on the podcast to contribute. We're going to talk hockey. We got my good friend Matt on the horn. Matt, how you doing? Great. First time, long time, guys. Great to be on. <laughs> All right, nice. I love so, that. I love that. So Puma, <laughs> Puma's just starting off, talk, like rattling off a couple of trades that happened in NHL. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you you definitely know more than I do. So I think mm-hmm. you guys can just ping back and forth. So he's just going to talk. And can you hear him if he talked? Uh, yeah, yeah, I hear him. All right, all right, we're good. Here we go. All right, make, so shift audio right here. We're, we're doing it live. Fuck yeah, it. doing it live. Good. So now nah, I was just going through the trades. I started with um, the Devils trading Kincaid to Columbus to back up Bobrovsky. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just, that means really nothing. That means the Devils believe in the shit show that is Corey Schneider. And yeah, you know, he had that, that rough stretch where he lost, you know, what, 18 decisions in a row. And, uh, you know, they, they went, they overachieved very much last year. And, you know, they had to just get something out of Kincaid because there was no way they were going to be able to compete this year with uh, Schneider and Kincaid. So, but even the, the pick that they got, 2022, what the hell are we doing? Who knows what's going to be going on three years from now? Yeah, exactly. Kind of a weird trade. Yeah, exactly. It is a weird trade. I think it was just kind of like get rid of them type deal. Exactly. Um, so let's talk about our, our fan, our, our fandom here with the Rangers yep. and the Kevin Hayes deal. Mm-hmm. Um, the writing was on the wall in the summer when they only signed him to that one year extension and they didn't give him mm-hmm. a long-term deal. Although Hayes has gotten better and progressed every year. Um, I personally, I love the deal. I think it, they got what they, what they were, they thought they were going to get for him with first round pick, uh, no conditional an actual first round pick. And then a conditional 2020 fourth round pick and Brandon Lemieux. So I think that's a good trade. What did you think of it initially? Initially, I mean, uh, there was rumors, you know, what, what they could have got uh, at first and, and a blue chip prospect, you know, that's could be the agent talking, could be the Rangers talking. So I was at first a little disappointed um, just because of what I heard about Lemieux. And a lot of people comparing to his father, Claude, you know, who's a, a peasant and annoying guy to play against, you know, back in the day. But it, from what I've told, I talked to a, a Jets fan, um, and he was saying that Lemieux really just didn't get a shot. He was playing a lot of third line, fourth line minutes. Uh, you know, he had a really good shooting percentage. I think it was something like 24.6%. So it could just be, you know, he, he had a, a hot streak and it was hitting his goals. But uh, for the limited time, he, he did have some decent work. So fans were kind of a little upset to lose him, and I'm excited to see what he can do, uh, you know, the bottom six kind of guy. Provide some energy, a little toughness, um, but also if that scoring touch can, can carry over, that'd be great. The conditional pick, I am not too worried about. I hope it doesn't happen because that means the Lightning doesn't win, and we would like that first pick. Um, I think we all agree on that. And uh, the first pick, you know, it's always good to stockpile. It's a known commodity. Uh, look, the Rangers last year when they traded Nash, they ended up getting, you know, Keandre Miller, who I'm super jacked up about for the future to come. So there are some gems that could happen in the end of the first round, which we expect Winnipeg to be drafting around. So at the end of the day, it's a good deal. I hate to say Hayes go because he is such a great guy, great locker room guy. Uh, he's a stoolie, a, a great guy to relate to. He's, he's uh, you know, it's kind of sad to break up the trio of him, VZ, and Shea because they they were really close buds, and I think he was a big reason why VZ did come here. Um, but you know, the the romantic in me is hoping that he can sign in the, in the off season, but I just don't think there's enough money to go around when they want to you know try and go for Panarin and and the other free agents that they have on their radar. Yeah, I mean, I think that we could talk about that too because. You know, I had my my view on the trade. The trade scape and how everything turned out actually works out in the Rangers' favor because Panarin didn't get traded, 
and why yeah. and uh, the Jackets added these forwards to make a run, and you know it made sense that they because you could have got traded Panarin to like an Islander team who didn't make any moves, which didn't which surprised me, but. Um, now Panarin is actually going into a free agent market without being a rental, so it might help the Rangers' cause. But what my deal with Hayes is that Hayes, for me, was... he. I liked his progression throughout his career. You know, he was a good rock, locker room guy. He was there for the, the pre, uh, president-winning team in 2015. But uh-huh. Hayes, for me, didn't meet the expectation of a big-bodied center. He wasn't like a... Uh, a um a Getzlav or something like that that could play in front of the net. He was more a of a finesse, pass first, not a shoot first, not a big gritty type of centerman that with that size you need. So I like the trade from the outset because they got the first round pick. And when I looked at Lemieux, he was only averaging like seven minutes of ice time in Winnipeg. So you're right. If he wasn't getting his shot, he is a former first round pick. He scored at all levels. He scored in juniors. He scored in the AHL. So he was he's known to put the puck in the net. And then these first two games that I've watched him, he reminds me a lot of Avery. He reminds me of a Sean Avery type of guy who's who's a pest, who's gonna piss you off, and he's you're happy that he's on your side type of guy, which I like, which they need. Which they need. You know, they haven't had that type of guy since Avery. You know, Tanner Glass was 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 nothing. Oh, he was God. Hard. Please don't. horrible. <laughs> you know, they brought in like a Donald Brashear who wasn't that guy. You know, they had Bugard here who who passed away, who could have been that type of guy. But they haven't had that big pest yet. And it even showed in those teams. They didn't have a big guy that could protect Lundqvist and protect their, their stars. And this is a guy with Lemieux that can drop the gloves, but he could put the puck in the net at the same time. How old is he? He's like 23. Oh, all right, nice. He's young. He's on the younger side. So, you know, I think he's... And he scored the other night, too, against Montreal. Yeah, he scored his first goal, yeah. He's so, 22. He's yeah. 22. It's going to be 20, 23 uh, in a couple weeks, so... You know, if you notice, the Rangers are stockpiling a lot of restricted free agents here. Mm-hmm. Which is good, I think. You know, but you're right. They did, there's not enough money to go around to pay Kreider, to pay... Oh, that's, that's these Matt, guys. That's Matt's boy, BDK. You know, I BDK love... Right there. I love Kreider. <laughs> Kreider's my favorite, and I think, you know, there was rumors, you know, Chens and I have, have an inside sauce, if you will, uh, that there was rumors that Kreider was going to be the captain. I, um, I am on board. Year. I am I on board. That. He's he's a solid guy. You know, I, I remember even from when he first came up, there was a lot of rumblings, oh, he doesn't like New York, he's a Boston kid, he'd love to play in Boston, and then he comes in in that, in that Senators series in 2012 after Hagelin gets suspended and just tears the centers apart and from that moment on you know Chen's and I watched him and, and we both fell in love with him and I would love nothing more than to lock him up long term and keep him because this combination of speed and uh, hands that he has is, is yeah. pretty much unmatched right now he's a bull in a china shop exactly and if it wasn't for him you know the way that he the way he attacks the net and goes at the net if it wasn't for him you know maybe we deal with uh, Carey Price for that 2014 yeah. hey, the stick broke, all right? The stick broke on his sticks, on his skates. Don't You can't convince me otherwise. He was going full speed, and he got knocked down, all right? I got a lot of flag from Islander fans that, that I live close to, and they they think he's a dirty player. I say try and stop when someone breaks their stick on your on your skates, all right? Yeah, yeah. you know, I don't. Th- it was a hockey play, and that's hockey sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. Hank gets run into all the time. You that's know? baseball, yeah. Susan. That's baseball, Susan, exactly. <laughs> Um, so I, I know that you're a listener of the show. So one of the other things I called that happened was Broussard got, got dealt again, again, 
from Florida to Colorado. I mean, Derek Broussard, he was a good Ranger, but you know, I'm not, I'm surprised that he's got dealt so many times, but it's because he's not producing. It's, you know what it is? It's Gordon made the perfect deal at the perfect time. He never had a higher stock than after that 2015 season and the deal that they made, or sorry, 2016 season rather. And, they trade him at his peak. Otto was too cheap. Get the extra second round pick, and you get Zabinajad, who's outproducing him, younger oh, yeah. and more cost controlled. Yeah. Look at his numbers historically. He wasn't the type of guy that Columbus thought they were drafting. You know, they get him on discount for the Gabrick deal. He does well. Lights up his first playoffs, and he was playing with great line. You know, they had that cup running, the cup team with him, Zuccarello, and Pouliot, and that was a third line, and they were tearing it up. So he had that niche, he had that role, and he fulfilled it well with a supporting cast. He goes to Ottawa, yeah, they get a goal from the Stanley Cup, but it, it, he hasn't lived up to those expectations. And, you know, it was a fan favorite. I was sad to see him go, but I understood it. And luckily it has very much turned out for the best for us. And you can see now what he's doing. He's been bouncing around four teams in the past two years. Yeah, so. no, definitely. I think they, they struck when the iron was hot and they were able to – you know, get him for a younger forward, a younger centerman who's actually who had a higher upside than Broussard actually did. Um, but what, you know, what I'm looking at here with all these trades that are going down, you know, it seems that the Rangers, I, the Rangers did everything right. You know, I think that the Zuccarello trade could have went a little bit differently, but I think they could have got a first round pick if they if they played their cards right. Instead of getting conditional picks, now that he's hurt, you know, he scores a goal, has a couple assists in his debut with Dallas, and then he gets hurt, and now he's out for four weeks with a broken arm. And that conditional pick was, if he plays 50% of their games and they get to the Western Conference Final, we get that first-round pick. But now with the injury, it doesn't seem like it. Right, and it's, uh, it's the condition that they put on there was yeah, so ridiculous. The Dallas team that has the 29th highest scoring in the league, I mean... You expect the defense to carry them there, but uh, where's the goals coming from? Yes, Zuccarello can inject some of it, but you ex- Ben's having a down year. You know, Sagan's there, but it, it's it's just such an asinine thing to put that ridiculous amount of claws in there. Go screw the second pick, just make it a first round pick. That's the price for him. And I don't. Maybe the market wasn't there. Maybe uh, you know, again, there was rumblings that was it was there, but it wasn't. Um, I was very disappointed with that, and you know, just icing on the cake is, is him unfortunately getting hurt, and now you know that, that putting that that fifty percent even in jeopardy because even if they make the Western Conference Finals and he's out, it means nothing because we're not getting Dick. It's only the second round pick. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And on top, and on top of that too, right. I thought he was going to go to Calgary. I thought they could have fleeced Calgary maybe for a prospect and a first round pick for Zuccarello. Mm-hmm. But you Imagine know, they got him though, man. But you know Ooh. what though, it, it, Matt would know this too. Is that if you look at the Yank, the Ranger trade history when it comes to selling their assets, they traded Carl Haglin for a guy that's not even the NHL anymore, and Emerson Edom. They traded Talbot for like a fourth or fifth round pick where they could have got a higher pick. Look what they got for Ranta. They got Ranta and uh, Stepan for the seventh overall pick that turned into Leas Anderson so, and D'Angelo and D'Angelo. And now that mm-hmm. D'Angelo is getting ice time, he actually looks like a player that he's supposed to be. So, you know, if they, I think they overplayed Zuccarello. I think Zuccarello actually, and this is just the fan of me because Zuccarello is my favorite, was my favorite Ranger, is that he's going to come back in the summer and they're going to resign him. I would love that. If they, if they can get him, you know, he had a pet friendly deal as it was, and which made him so attractive uh, to, you know, teams at the deadline, which, again, I, I couldn't believe you got a guy in $4 million, you know, parade that for the rest of the season. 
how the hell aren't there more teams calling up for better offers, you know? And maybe, you know, they just saw he was, you know, a pass risk guy. They wanted more of a scoring guy, a goals guy. doesn't matter who he's playing with. He's going to assist guys. So, right. you know, that, that kind of baffled me. But I would love for him to come back, you know, mentor some of these young wingers that we got coming up. Um, you know, he's a great locker room guy. You could see, you know, that interview fucking broke me to pieces with Hank. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, that was tough to watch as a Ranger fan. I mean, they were buddies for sure. And, and you know, if, if we could have him back, you know, make Hank happy. And Hank is, you know, world-class. We all know that. Yeah. He's not going anywhere himself. He's a guy, too. Uh, it's, man, he's a man wrench. He's, 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 man he's, he's the rock star. He's a rock star. He like is. A, it'd be like a little Chapman-like uh, deal. Kind of like with the Yankees. Oh, yeah, exactly, yeah. And, you know, who knows? The draft history has been so-so with the Rangers, you know. The past couple of years, it's hopefully been a little better. You know, Heidel, Anderson, Miller, Kratzoff, all these guys that potentially could be good. You know, they got the makings of, of top six, top four demon. We'll see. But, uh, you know, it's exciting times, and hopefully they nail this draft because that's what it really comes down to. You know, you have these assets, and, and you're hoping that you can draft well. Hopefully this Zuccarello deal – Love to be at first. Realistically, it's a second or third. There's no way Dallas is re-signing him. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. Um, I think so, too. Yeah, so it, we're looking at a second or third round pick this year and then next year. Let's, let's hopefully Gordon nails it, or potentially if, if something goes well, they can trade that pick up and move around someone else. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, but how do, how do first round picks in hockey usually pan out for the most part? You guys know better than I do. Well, it, it really depends on the draft class. Usually, like with hockey, there's a deeper draft class, and you could get a good player like in the top ten. You know, right now the Rangers are projected to get the ninth pick. They have a five percent chance of winning the lottery, but I don't see them jumping from the ninth spot all the way up into the top three. They need to lose some more games and get a better percentage here. But yeah, I mean, it's it's tough too with with seeing who they're bringing up now as well to to fill the voids of all the guys that they left. You know, they're bringing up. All these guys that they got in, in AHL, but even if you look at their numbers down there, Harper's got a horrible team. It's 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 not good down there. But you want the young guys to at least get ice time in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as first round picks go, I mean, you know, as Puma said, the strong draft class. But I think we can all remember 2003 draft class where the Rangers were in position to get a good pick and they drafted Hugh the specimen Jessamine, and we all know <laughs> how that turned out. So you got guys like Getzloff and. And Perry, that were all in these first-round picks in 2003, and, and Parisi, and you know the Rangers, of course, got the one—the guy that took the longest to make it to the NHL for like eight games total. So sometimes first-round picks are good. You know, you got other picks. You know, your boy Del Zotto was a first-round pick. We all remember that. Oh, yeah. But then, uh, you know, it, it, you don't always hit on them. So I, I shit, I shit on Chen's every day for that. <laughs> oh, he knows. He knows. I know. I know. It's uh, you know, like I was, I was just as jacked up for him when he first showed me that jersey back at school. I said, "Oh, that, that's a good one." I, I agreed with him. You at know, at the time, at the time, it was, it was a decent purchase. And Puma, I know, yeah, he, I know you shit on him all the time, but you have to admit, his rookie season, and that's when I bought the jersey. It was a solid season. I, I thought he was good. shit from the beginning, dude. He made the fucking rookie team. I don't yes. give a shit. I don't. I don't. He was. He's a puck moving defenseman that can't move the fucking puck, oh and he got beat in the defensive God. zone every time. I'm sorry. I love the. I love the deal. The the pass he used to make in the power play to Gabrick to spring on the breakaways. I mean, those were beautiful to watch. He, I think, didn't love that. I think Puma just pulled up that. Uh, he he just got traded himself again. Yeah, he did. Yep, he did. He got traded from Anaheim to the St. Louis. Mm-hmm. But <sighs> you know, I mean, with the Rangers and with. Their outlook, you know, I, I'm a big Keandre Miller fan, huge mm-hmm. Keandre Miller fan. I love 
um, the Russian that they drafted. He's lighting it up over you're in the all KHL. About the Russians. Well, you're, you're all over what's his name? Buchnevich. Uh, Buchnevich. And you know what? But if you look at what they're doing now, you know, with Bucci the Rangers, name. with the Rangers, you know, VC's getting top line minutes. He's starting to look more like the player that we thought we were going to get. You know, you, mm-hmm. you look at Buchnevich. Buchnevich is more confident with the puck now. He's and even though he's been in the doghouse in and out all year with with Quinn. Um, you know, D'Angelo is the same way. You know, they bench Tito because he's not playing. I really like the way that they're handling their young talent. And, you know, you also got Shostorkin that's coming over, hopefully next year. The, uh, the Eric, jacked up for Igor. I cannot wait for Igor to come you over. You know, they're already anointing him the prince. Yeah. So, well, yeah. the numbers he's putting up in the KHL are insane. Where's this guy he's got, Is he another Russian? Yes, he's another yeah, Russian. Yeah, He's the guy we were talking about last last uh, episode. He's putting up an under two goals against, and he's young as heck. Mm-hmm. A lot of shutouts. It's, you know, if, if you can go from Blundquist to him and you can, you know, come in seamlessly, that'd be great. But, you know, sometimes these Russian guys take a little time to, to get acclimated. Look at, you know, Bukharovsky in, in Philadelphia mm-hmm. didn't pan out too well and then ends up winning a couple of Vezinas in, in Columbus. So you got to have patience. And, you know, luckily they got Hank for hopefully a couple more years yeah. to kind of mentor him. And you know what? The thing about Hank, you know, you look at Hank's numbers this year and they're down, oh, really far down from what oh, they yeah. have. But, you know, if you look, watch him play, he's still got it. You know, it's just that, you know, they don't have that defense in front of them anymore that they had when they were winning all those games with the Girardi. Girardi's gone. Strawman's been mm-hmm. gone. Uh, Kevin Klein has been gone, who they who they originally traded Delzato for. Mm-hmm. was Kevin Klein. I love that deal. I do that deal every day. <laughs> you know. But I... um. Looking at the deadline and looking at the map of the deadline, you know, it, it, the Rangers have won the deadline the past two years. You know, they've gotten picks. they got guys like Howden. They've gotten these guys now that are part of the future. You know, you add, you add Kreider. You add, you know, Pionk. You add all these guys that are going to contribute. And you got a strong-looking team that can potentially contend for a cup in the next year or two. I think, I think 2021 is the year that everybody's got to look at. That's fair. I, I think in 2021, they can make some noise in the playoffs. I think 2022 would be the one to target. You know, you always have this vision of down the road, even, you know, going back to the Rangers when they made that, that Gomez deal for McDonough. Mm. It was always, he was the, the going to be the cornerstone of defense, you know, for 2012, 2013. And sure enough, look what happened. That was, you know, when they were conference final away from making the, the cup and then 2014 making the cup. But, um, you know, with some of these defensemen, you gotta let them mature a little more. They take a little longer. So I'm hoping, you know, Miller. He's only a freshman now, Wisconsin. You know, who knows if he's gonna leave after this year or, or two more years? But uh, he's gotta get a little seasoning in, in the AHL before he. You know, even McDonald was the same way. Wisconsin guy goes to AHL for a little while, comes up, and, and he never looks back. Yeah, I, I think so. I think with Keandre Miller, he was averaging a point a game before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. But. You know, I, I think that the Ranger the Rangers have stockpiled stockpiled a lot of young defensemen, so they're going to have their 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 pick of the crop with the top six. You know, Stall's uh, almost done with his deal. When he's done, he's not coming back. I think they're going to let no. him walk. Um, but I can see D'Angelo, Miller, Pionk, all these guys that we're talking about. Even that kid Lundqvist that they drafted last year. They drafted mm-hmm. another Lundqvist, a, Sw- a Swedish defenseman that's going to be something that's going to be good. They have defensemen that are big. You know, Keon J. Miller reminds me of a Bukaboon type. He's going to use his body. He's big. You know, like a Victor Hedman's, a Dan O'Char type that can actually score and actually move the puck as well. So he's a hybrid, right. I think. But, you know, looking at the deadline and looking like, you know, you got Panarin that's going to be talked about with the Rangers and they're going to sign him. You know, 
but it really all depends. It's all a crapshoot, you know, like with even like with any sport, when you have all these prospects, these prospects need to deliver and develop the way you envision them for actually to be successful. You know, but I think that with looking here, you know, you, you don't see now let's, let's walk away from the trades for a second and talk about where we think this is going to end up. Pittsburgh didn't make any moves. You know, I don't know what that means for them unless they're confident with their group and they think they can make a push for the playoffs. You know, the Islanders didn't make any moves either. You know, I don't think they're strong enough to win a cup. Um, well, you want to talk? Uh, never mind. I don't want to cut you off. You want to talk about what happened with Tavares? Their defense is the best in the league right now. Somehow, I don't understand how. The, the goals, the least amount of goals given up for any team. Uh, they got solid goal tanking liner and Grice. And, uh, and as much as it pains me to, to give credit to the Islanders, I have to. Uh, just because they extremely overachieved. You know, you look back at July 1st when, when Tavares left. Everyone's picking the, you know, the Islanders to finish dead last in the league. And they've now, I think statistically, have the, the highest chance of winning the Cup. Uh, I saw the other day. Wow. Even, even with, even with Tampa Bay doing what they're doing right now. I, that's what's good. That wouldn't didn't make any sense to me. But I think because the Islanders might have an easier route to the conference finals compared to oh, the Tampa Bay, because they got to play either Boston or Toronto, and then um, you know where they play in the, the wild card round compared to the Islanders playing that second wild card team, and then uh, a. Washington that frankly isn't as strong as it was last year. Maybe a Columbus team if they can finally get over that first round hump. Um, I think they think that the Islanders have an easier way to get there. Uh, again, but th- that's all you know, all statistics and, and analytics, which I know you're a big fan of, Puma. So I don't know. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's the, the best way to look at it. But that, that was nothing eye opener to me. Um, but you know, it could come down to the experience. And if you look at a Tampa Bay team that's extremely experienced compared to a very young and, and skillful, but still and, and mistake prone at times, I'm guessing, you know, for the Islanders, you know, who would you rather have? And, you know, you got you got a team that has been to the cup before. On the other hand, you have the cup winning coach, Barry Trotz. Um, either way, I hope that they end up meeting in the conference finals and, of course, you want to see the, the New York Lady on top. Um, yeah. The, guys we got down there. the Southern Rangers. Exactly. So... Is Peter an Islanders fan or is he a Ranger fan? That's very disrespectful, Chance, that you would even ask that question. <laughs> Listen, you're, you're, you're a Long Island guy. So. I'm, not, I'm a Queens guy first. We're in Queens and then we move to Long Island. All right, all right. It was very much established there. I just know, I know that there's some sport that the house is split on. I'm, I'm, it's I'm, every sport. It's every sport except for basketball. It's, you got the Rangers and Islanders slash Maple Leafs right now because, you know, Eric's oh, right, right. the, the Maple Leafs doing well. He, he does well. So, so, so like Eric's the Islander night. fan? He's, now he, he's going 50-50 Islanders maybe. So. Yeah. so he's a Fairweather fan. You got to see, you got to keep your allegiance no matter, I don't give a fuck where you live. No, no, he lives, he lives he and works, in in, he works for Toronto FC, the MLS team. Okay. So he's just, he's just showing love, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, Jets, Giants, uh, Liverpool, West Ham. Oh, jeez. So, so, while you were talking, I pulled up the standings. The Islanders are actually tied with Washington for the first for first in the Metro right now. So Washington's catching them. But if the playoffs were to end to start today, the Islanders would play Pittsburgh in the first round. Columbus isn't even in the playoffs right now. They dropped out, yeah. They dropped out. So Washington, I think Washington takes care of Carolina. I think the Islanders take care of Pittsburgh. 
and then they would play Washington in the semi in the in the in the second round. Then you have Tampa Bay taking control of Montreal. I think that's that series is a sweep. Then you got Boston and Toronto. I think that's a long series. I can't believe Toronto's in the... Now, the Toronto is only third in the Atlantic. I'm surprised. But... Yeah, it's, it's, you know, when you have the best team in the NHL, you know, point-wise, and then you got another wagon of a team, the Bruins, who have the loss in regulation in how many games. It's, it's pretty insane. So they caught heat, and it's... Uh, Maple Leafs are kind of on the outside of that uh, Hawaii's advantage looking right now. Yeah. So, you know, I could see a track to the, to the conference finals for the Islanders if they can beat Washington, you know, in the second round. I, I don't know. I, I think Washington, that's a that's a tough series. That series can go either way. You know, I think Washington can take, it, it depends. It really does depend. And plus, where are the Islanders playing their fucking home games? Are they playing in the Barclays or are they playing in the barn? You know, that matters too. Yeah, you know, I I have I you know after the phone call I have my my feelings of how that night went with Tavares and the Islander fans because that you know and if you saw Avery Avery came out and just fucking shitted on all the Islander fans. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. But um, I'm just looking here. So the the Eastern Conference picture is you know out outside of like I don't even know here uh, Buffalo. It looks like it's pretty much set. The Rangers aren't going to need to jump one, two, three, four, five different teams just to get to a wild card spot, which won't happen. And then in the West, the West is actually more tightly packed. You know, Arizona, the the, the Coyotes are pushing for a playoff spot. They're a point out, you know. And then Chicago's making their push. They're, they've, they've been hot, you know. Well, actually, they've actually cooled down recently. But Colorado's in the mix. Dallas is still in the mix. I mean, Dallas might not even make the playoffs at this point. But no, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's tough with hockey because it, one bad week and you're you're in a playoff spot, and then one bad week you're out. So it's really that's what I love about hockey, though. It's not over until it's over, until something is clinched. You know, and what's interesting is I was talking about this with Chen's before we started recording. The Rangers are like one and nine in overtime. If you if they're not in one in overtime, they're in the playoffs. It's crazy. It's crazy how so many games, one game here, one game there, means an extra point, which means being in a different spot. And maybe they don't trade Zook and Hayes. Maybe they hold on to them and try to make that run. But you know, it's just crazy how things work out. Aspects, but 
team is, is definitely in need of a rebuild, which they finally, thank God, you know, after trading how many first-round picks in a row, those, you know, all those years that they finally went the right way. And, you know, you got to look at like the Kings, like the Blackhawks, you know, these teams that are consistently, were consistently, uh, you know, at the top were winning, and it was through the draft. It was through the young guys that they, they built, superstars, you know, you got Kane, Taze, Duncan, Duncan Keith, and, and Seabrook in, in Chicago, and then L.A., you had Quick, Kopitar, Dustin Brown for a while, all these guys that were grown, built from within. That's what kind of, you know, the Rangers are doing now finally, but it's it's easier said than done in a, in a big market like New York where I wouldn't expect you to win right away. Yeah, exactly. yeah, and if you even look back at the Ranger history before the lockout, they were bringing all these old, old overpriced, Brutal. past their prime guys, you know, like Pavel Bore, like Eric Lindros, like Bobby oh, don't, Holmes. Don't dis- no, Pavel Bore was great. He I listen. bad injury, and it was bad luck. I love I loved Pavel Bore. I love that deal. But you know, like it didn't work out, and I, that's why I, that's what yeah. I'm just referencing. They they yeah. brought in these over the hill type of guys, Bobby Holik, mm-hmm. Bobby Holik, Eric Lindros. <laughs> you know, and then when they decided to trade all these guys, you know, like like Leach, they traded Leach, they traded all these guys, and they started that rebuild. And then when they came out of the lockout with the guy like Ryan Holwig and Jed Ortmeier, and they made oh, the playoffs. HMO line, that was what a line. You know, and you had Yager, and you had Nylander and Straka, and all these guys, and it's just like that team was so fun to watch oh that was especially because everyone predicted 30th in the league 65 points max for the rangers and they go and they put a hundred burger on them yeah and 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 they were in a position for a while to you know to win that division and unfortunately you know hank got tired out had the migraines won the won the gold but it was uh you know they definitely overachieved and, and it, it opened the door for for free agents and and made it more attractive to come to new york you know the next season they got shanahan and, and then oh, unfortunately yeah. Ran into a bunch of buzzsaws with uh, Pittsburgh in back-to-back years. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Pittsburgh and, and Buffalo that series. Yeah, Buffalo. Uh, they they only won one game. Uh, Michael Roosevelt scored scored in overtime at the Garden to extend it to five games. And that Buffalo team was good. They had Dr- no, they had was, was Ryan Miller was, was the goalie. It was, yeah, it was it was six games. They went they went uh, three and four. They won at home, and then they lost game five. That that one was the worst. That was when uh Finneganoff scored the overtime winner after Jury tied it with like six seconds left in the third period. Nine four took the SATs. That was really good trying to go to sleep that night. After, uh, <laughs> that, that shit show. Oh my God. You know, I, re- I remember the, the, the runs from 2012 on where it was just mm-hmm. like fun game after fun game. The overtime winner in, in Washington with Gabrick after three oh overtimes. Oh my God. With a separation, his shoulder was shot and he still did that. That was insane. You know, I remember when Brad Richards scored that goal against Washington, I was in Chen's living room. Oh, and I started yelling and screaming, dude, and Chen's fucking, like, "Dude, what are you talking? Like, people are sleeping." I'm like, "I'm sorry, I can't hold late, it." And he fucking screamed like, I, I, "Chen, that's that's on you because you should have had, you should have alerted them that the Rangers were playing in overtime or get, trying to get to overtime." Should have went to the basement went, to watch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's clown move, bro. Come on. Know, know. You yeah, know, this reminds me of our of our Miller Light times. Our uh, Miller, Miller Light and Wings. We we wings. the three of us had a at a time at the Flying Puck too. Oh man. Yes. Yes, that was that was the the Flyers series. The Flyers series, yeah. You know, we were in the corner over there. That, that was yeah. our spot. That corner, that corner spot. You know, I used I used all my LLC money to pay the bill that Dude, night. This guy, <laughs> definitely some illegal shit went down. He charged he charged all the food and drinks to his baseball team. <laughs> listen, listen! It's Rangers playoffs, dude. It's just a prank. It's ra- it's Rangers playoffs, dude. You gotta do anything you can just to get the bill paid. Yeah, sign you your know. kid up to play on my baseball team. I'm just gonna take your money and buy fucking wings and beer to watch the Rangers, my friends. 
you know. Listen, you. Th- this is coming from a guy like myself who who bleached his beard blonde for that cup run in 2014. Okay. Oh my god, dude! He looks, he looks like he grows a beard like Andrew Luck, just straight neck beard. Oh god, hey, hey, whatever works, whatever works, whatever works. You know, you gotta, you know, you wear the same thing for every playoff game. You buy the same beer if they win. You watch it in the same spot. You wear the same jersey. I get it. I'm, you know, I understand. I get it. I under, hundred percent get it. But um. Is there anything else you would like to add? I was going to say, this could be, if you want to add like a little thing about anything in sports, maybe give a... A segue a, for a us. Quick, a quick, like, your own pull-push kind of thing. Either one, just to drop in real quick. Which means, like, it pushed me away from it. Yeah. So it's kind of like... It's, got me into the discussion. Right? So what, what what it is 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 you know me being a social studies teacher, uh, push and pull is like when you something that pushes you away. So like mm-hmm. immigrants when they were coming to America, they were pushed away from their country and they were right. pulled to- towards America because of what America had to offer. So that's how we that's how we came up with it instead of hate it or love it because everybody does hate it or love it. So it's different. Right. Okay. I'm not gonna give. Uh, former guest Austin Bear, the satisfaction of the push factor. I think Chen knows which one I'm talking about. So I'm going to, let's see. I'll do the poll first. The poll was a discussion about Zion, which uh, oh, you guys, yeah. which which I think Chen's was was mentioning. Uh, yeah. I was on the of the, the opinion yes. that he should sit out. Yes. He's already proven himself, and uh, he has nothing else to do. He, his brand is strong, which which Chen's brought up. Why even go to the, the college in the first place yep. and I see he's got a personal brand to do he's you know I don't know if you knew him coming up from high school the house of highlights was yeah. from every yeah, other I just, day I just knew him as like through Instagram shit like highlights throwing and stuff like dunks that. on these yeah. poor kids that were you know gonna be you know chemist or, or <laughs> you know professor somewhere else and then he's just yamming on them yeah. uh, but you know I think he's gotta do what's right for him uh, in my opinion go get that money sit out make sure you're, you're rested for the next draft you first overall, because we all know Adam Silver's going to rig it for us. Uh, <laughs> he better. I I hope. Look, did an 85 with Ewing. Let's do it again now in uh, 2019 for us, please. Yeah. Let's get the rock, garden rocking again. Yeah. Right. Uh, I like and it. then my push factor, um, let's see. Uh, I'll talk the combine. Um, nice. I was pushed away from this DJ Metcalf guy. I mean, everyone's talking about him like, really? Oh, he's, he's the best thing. You know, look at his, his numbers. Yeah, look at the numbers. Look at the numbers. Yes. He ran a four, whatever, four, three. Yeah. He's a freak. straight line. He's a physical. Look at his cone. Look at his cone. He was a third percentile. The guy can't run on an angle. He can run straight. That's all he's going to do. Wow. And look at his numbers in college. They're nothing to, yes, he got injured two years. Nothing that's not that. Look at his weaknesses coming in. He can't catch the ball. Yes, you could be the biggest guy built. I don't want to hear it. I don't want a metrics guy. Too many times, my team, the Jets, got burnt. Vernon freaking Golston. <laughs> he was a monster at the combo. Oh, look, you can't miss prospect. He keeps on the same fucking highlight of him going around Jake Long against in, against Michigan for the one sack in the big house. And what did he do? He did dick. Not even one sack in the NFL. Wow. So yeah. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm away from metrics in the combine. Give me guys that are proven it with the tape, and they can supplement it with the measurements, like our boy Trace McSorley oh, yeah. putting on when guys can actually catch the ball is yeah. looking like a good quarterback yeah. and refuses 
to work out as a DB. I respect that. And that's all I got to say about the combine. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I they, they said something on ESPN Radio earlier that they want to – the NFL wants to extend the combine to two weeks and televise it during prime time, time hours. And I could not have thought of a worse idea than that. Like, I, I, I really don't even give a shit to watch the combine that much, to be honest with you. Just tell me what the numbers are. But like you said, yeah, I, I want to like see them. I mean, like, I like to see the Penn State guys, what they're going to put up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, also, like, when I was when, when the Rams were drafting high, it was nice to see the, the, the big prospects. But, you know, you know now, now I'm living the life of my team's picking low in the draft order. Oh, must so, be nice, Jen. So, oh, look uh, at you. Yeah, I, I'm, just, I'm just concerned about you know, who we're going to get, what they're going to be like. But like you said, I want to, I want to see what they do in the, in the, in the game time. So yeah. I agree. All right, exactly. Matt. Thanks for, thanks right. for calling in, buddy. Appreciate yeah. it. This was fun guys. Thanks a lot. Thank All you right. very much, Matt. Gratitude, gratitude, brother. <laughs> Peace out. Later. So that was Matt, you know, giving some nice insight on the NHL trade deadline and the NHL a little bit and, and giving some of his push and pull factors. So if you win the hat, Com- you get you get you get, nice you get you get a nice little segment, and that was live. That was live. <laughs> that we was did like, that. We did that live. That we did that as on the live spot. as it gets. So, um, so we'll get into some of the things he said. So let's, let's get out of it. Let's get out of NHL. Let's go. Let's move on to MLB. Let's go baseball. So as we talked about, and as everybody has already seen, uh, Bryce Harper, thirteen years, three hundred and thirty million, no opt outs, no trade clause with Philly, and he can't He's, even get his own team right and own own city right, right in we'll, his interview. We'll, we'll get to that in a second, but. The fact that there's no opt-out, no trade clause, that's commitment. That's locked in. He's, that's, locked, he's locked in. in. Even though, if you compare it now, now we can do some comparisons here between Machado's deal and Harper's deal. What about Arenado, though? And Arenado. Because those are, I mean, looking at third baseman alone, Arenado Machado, arguably the best mm-hmm. at that position, right? And he got, Arenado got a nice deal. So yeah, we gotta, eight years, two sixty, and he's no slouch of a player. No, he's not. So let's talk about let's compare all three. Okay, so I think that Machado one has the best contract. Why? He's getting more annually a year. Okay, and he does have that opt out, right. and he has a no trade clause, so he kind of controls what, the situation. What, what's his opt out after five years? So he'll be thirty one. So he's got ten year, right? He got ten, 10 years? years. Ten years. Ten years. And he got an opt-out after five? Yes. All right, so halfway through, he can decide, fuck it, I'm out. And yeah. go, to, go to a playoff team, and he's going to be 31. 31. Okay. So, the reason he's why... Making, he's making bank. He's making 30 million. Exactly. And then you go to Philly with Harper, who's only making a little over 25 million a year, even though he's got no opt-out, he's got no trade clause, no nothing. It does show commitment. And he's already trying to recruit other players and other stars to Philly. And he's hoping that does. But that's also happening because he wants Trout to come to Philly when he's a free agent. But Trout's a Philly guy, too. Apparently. Yeah, well, the Angels, there was a report that came out that they're thinking about offering Trout a 10-year, $350 million contract. Oh so that might happen. He might not even get to free agency. Dude. But oh, my God. I think with everything that's going on with Harper, Harper got paid. Even though Harper did get paid, in a sense, he got the deal. He's got the highest contract in baseball now, beating Stanton's contract by $5 million. You know, he got what he wanted, but he's signing when he signed at the end of February. He signed later than J.D. Martinez. He signed after games have already started, so he's getting a late start. Now, I understand now... 
looking at some of the things he turned down like a, a four-year 180 million dollar deal from the Dodgers he turned well, down a 12-year 310 million dollar yeah. contract from the Giants so there there were options out there for yeah, him and course. he waited for the right deal so if you look at it for what it is yeah Harper's the reason Harper himself is the reason why he signed so late but at the same time there's got to be something that's that quickens this process because now you still have guys that haven't signed Kimbrell hasn't signed yet he's looking to possibly sit out a year even though there are teams vying for his services the Phillies are actually involved in him too the Phillies the Braves oh, and there was a third team I don't can't remember the, the third Braves team. that would be a nice go back to the Braves that'd, for Kimbrell. Be a, that'd be a nice pickup for the Braves it would be it would be you know um but with Harper now you know I like the contract I do you know, I don't think he finishes the contract in Philly. You know, it runs through his age 39 season. So he's going to be 40. And who knows? It's a, if, if Philly doesn't win multiple championships with this type of deal. How many do they need to win in order to make this deal? Two. At least two? At how least ma- two. How many? Did they, they won two with, uh, like, Ryan Howard. One. They only won one. They won in 2008, and then they lost to the Yankees in 09. They made back-to-back World oh, Series. Oh, they made back-to-back. That was it, yeah. You know, that team had Utley, Howard, Abanez, uh, Brad Lidge, Jimmy Rollins, Rollins yeah. uh, Shane Victorino. Yeah, that was a good Carlos Ruiz. Hamels. Hamels was on that team. Um, Who was their closer? Brad Lidge. Oh, Brad Lidge. Yeah. He had, like, this, the postseason of a lifetime in 08 and then shit the bed in 09. Yeah. But well, I, I think... I think individually speaking, I think Arenado got the best deal. If we're talking money, he's making the most per year. Twenty six. He's making thirty two million a year. Is it thirty two? I thought it, if that, not, I thought it not, valued out to twenty six. It's not t- over ten years. It's eight years. It's eight years. So two sixty divided by eight. But and the contract doesn't start till the following year right. because he just signed that one year deal. Yeah, exactly. So he's gonna opt that out to three. With no no trade clause, you know, so he can he can opt out after three years. He's not even, he doesn't have, even have to finish half of his contract. Yeah, it really depends on what he wants to do. I mean, it just shows you how. Look at these teams that are signing these players. You know, Harper with Philly, um, who's not known to spending a lot of money. Padres with Machado, not known for spending a lot of money. Uh, the Rockies, definitely not known for spending a lot of money. None of these teams are known for spending money, and it's all because of the luxury tax. And it's all because of the the revenue sharing and the equal revenue sharing, and I think that it's it's it really shows, you know, these teams now, you know, when before the revenue sharing, it was all these big market teams, the 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 Yankees, the 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 coast teams, the Dodgers that are able to known to spend money. Now well, it's big, in the big, level of big playing cities field. that are attractive that make money. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like San Diego. I wouldn't say it's a small city. Mm-hmm. But it's not a baseball town. Well, not even that. It's just like New York. New York City has everything, right? Mm-hmm. It's a tourist attraction. It's a major city in the U.S. And it's home to limit, uh, an infinite amount of businesses, okay? New York City brings in money. Philadelphia's got business. Um, Los Angeles, Chicago, Dallas, Miami, Boston. Like Those are big cities. Not Colorado, Denver. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like I, yeah, I hear what you're saying. All the, all these small market teams now suddenly having this kind of money to bring in these big guys. Does that, does that make you? I, I don't want to say like baseball less because you love baseball, but 
this even this even uh, opportunity, is that kind of hurting the game or is it making it better in your opinion? It's making it better, but it's still broken. I still think there needs to be changes in the CBA. So what kind of tra- what kind of like how would you fix what's breaking? Because I I think it's making it better as well. I don't want to say evening the playing field, but it's, it's cool to see these smaller teams now at least giving a shot to compete. Well, it's kind of like what I said before. The tree, it's a free market system. There's no true salary cap, right. but they're using the luxury tax as a salary cap, which is bringing the evil, the even playing field because nobody wants to pay the higher taxes on their payroll. Yeah. So that's why the Yankees reset their payroll. They were paying so much money just in taxes to other teams. So these big market teams are coming back down to the down to earth because they don't want to spend the money to pay those taxes. So that's why you're seeing that that balance. You know, I mean like a team like the Red Sox, they were never known to have the highest payroll and now they have the highest payroll. You know, I think what's broken about it is that it's not more the luxury tax that's broken, it's more of the service time stuff that's going on in yeah, these players. Yeah, we talk about that. These players are getting into free agency so late that these teams don't want to spend the money. You know, but you're seeing a lot of teams holding on to their homegrown talent like an Arenado. You know, and they have that position to pay them because of how long they have to hold on to these players. You know, you have these players for six years after they make their MLB debut. So, you know, it gives franchises a lot of movement and wiggle room to sign these guys. But I think that with the revenue sharing, you know, it's just like hockey. You know, hockey was a free market until the last CBA and they initiated that salary cap. And it's kind of brought everybody down, no matter where you are. I think hockey, out of out of, if we talk about sports in four major leagues, right? Baseball, mm-hmm. hockey, uh, well, I guess leagues: MLB, NHL, NBA. The NFL. four major sports. Yeah, I feel like hockey's got it. Does everything the best? Does everything right? Well, it took some time, and they finally got it right. Okay, but still, we're talking about right now, and I think right now they do everything right. Yeah, I, I I think so. I mean, you never hear about super teams in in hockey. Right? No, that's not even a fucking. Thing. You hear a lot of teams trying to trade off their assets because they can't pay them. Yeah, and you hear you don't hear about these crazy salaries. I mean, obviously they're still making very very good money. They're fucking pro athletes. Well, the crazy thing in hockey, they have contract limits. You can't sign a player that's, more than eight years. That's what I mean. That's what you I mean. know, it's, things like all that. These, all these limitations that aren't they're not too restrictive. But they're they're restrictive enough in the sense that it kind of makes everything realistic, you know. Bryce Harper signing for thirteen years. It's fucking like you said. He, he's he's signed as a twenty six year old. He's saying he's promising. I'm not going anywhere. Don't put put a no trade clause, no opt outs. I'm here for the next thirteen years. He's he's almost doubling his entire playing career as of now with that contract. And he's going to be almost forty years old. Yeah, by the time you know. he's done, that's fucking crazy. And that's the thing that's well, that's the difference with football, you know, and these other sports. These sport these contracts are guaranteed except for football. Right. You, can, football, you could get cut any time. I mean, but football you're getting paid, man. Like the yeah. money's crazy in football. And even even basketball. Basketball's crazy money. But NHL, man, I just, I don't know. I just feel like everything stays the same. There's not a lot more movement. But the one thing I will yeah. say that baseball should adopt is the way that the NHL handles their restricted free agents. And basketball does the same thing, where if they're restricted, they get signed to an offer sheet from another team, and then the other team has a chance to match that contract or let them walk. So I think that if you set, instead of arbitration, they're restricted free agents. So after three years, they're restricted free agents, and a team can jump in and sign 
these guys and they're not 100% controlled by the team that drafted them. Yeah. Which forces which forces I, teams I to sign sense. which forces teams to sign their players faster and not mm. wait till the end of February. Yeah, if that makes sense. Mm. Like if let's say let's say Harper was a restricted free agent, right? And the Phillies offered him So we're talking about like right now, like Harper when he first came up with the Nationals, right? Does his three years. Does right? his three years. So that means he came up nineteen, so he's, so he's twenty two. So he's a free agent. He could he's talk restrict, to teams. He's a stri- restricted free agent. So, so he could okay, talk so to teams. So he could teams. talk to teams. Now the Phillies come in, hey, Harper, we want to offer you this much for this much. Yeah, so he's got to go back to the Nationals and say, hey, the Phillies, give me this. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. Do you match it? Give me more? Or do you let me walk? But as a restricted free agent, see, that's what I don't understand. It's You're a free agent. So don't you, you... I guess that's where the restricted title comes in. He can't just jump on the first offer that goes to him. Yeah, he can't he ha- just sign outright. He has to. The other team, the team that originally drafted him, yeah, holds, no. still has his rights. Even though his contract's up. Yeah, so like Jeremy Lin. When Jeremy Lin signed with Houston the first time, hmm. the Knicks didn't want to pay him. They let him walk. But he, the Knicks had a chance to, the Knicks had a chance to, to match. To match. Yeah. So it makes gives the team less control of the player, gives the player a little bit more control. I like that. And I think that that would help the service time stuff, but also hurt the service time stuff because then they'll hold their players longer and wait and wait and wait. Like a Vladimir Guerrero Jr. wouldn't make his debut even though he's lighting it up in the minors for another two years. You know, you wait and you wait and you wait. But they got to fix that, you know. You've you've talked... You've talked about that at length, many, many times. At length, I think, I think the listeners understand where you where you stand on that. You know, I, I, I'm I'm for the players when it comes to that. Even though you could say, oh, he got paid and the free agent system's that broken, but look what t- look at what point in the offseason they're signing. Opening day is in four weeks. The Yankees open up on the 30th, I think. Oh wait, wait. now <laughs> we're, we're talking about Harper going to the Phillies. And we're completely. Uh, looking over the fact that I have to wear a fucking hot dog costume now. Oh God, yes. So the, we gotta we gotta pick a game. So we'll look at my we'll look at my uh, season ticket schedule. You know, since I'm going away, I'll be away for most of the month of July. This might have to wait till August or June or do it before I go away. Yeah, why don't we just do it before? All right, we'll do it before. Why well, we gotta wait till the end of the summer? That's true. That's true. Why can't we go in like April or May? We could we could definitely look at it and see. What what fits, but we'll 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 make it work. Um, I've been looking up hot dog costumes, and I found the one I like. So I'm gonna show show that to mean? you. There's there's different there's, there's, there's different kinds. The you're fuck? wearing the body condom, so which means is your head. You have to wear something on your head. You're not just gonna wear the costume. You're gonna wear the whole the whole shebang, the whole shebang. That's what I was expecting. Okay, good, because that's what there, you like, get. A, like a little hole in the middle of the hot dog. Yeah, 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 yeah for the face. Yeah, that's it. There's buns, right? Yes, there's buns. Okay, good. <laughs> I don't want to just be a fucking hot dog. Be a fucking wiener. Is there are there condiments? Yes, there are. What mustard. Do we, what do we got? Mustard. Just mustard? I think it's just mustard. They don't even put ketchup on there too. I don't think so. You gotta do the combo, man. You Come know. on. Maybe we can make it work. We can Jeez. alter the costume. Dude, I'm gonna get fucking wrecked. Oh, it's fine. I'm fun. gonna get fucking Listen, go back to the go back to the the original uh... episode. I even said to you I don't know what I was guessing, but didn't I say he was going to Philly? Didn't I call it? Yeah, because you talked with the fucking bats. Well, I said that doesn't mean anything. Just because the guy shaves his beard doesn't mean he's going to the Yankees. Just because he has Philly colored bats. No, I know. I'm just saying. You know. But now, like I just mentioned, baseball is coming fast. It's approaching. Mm. You know, opening day is right around the corner. 
So one of the hot button issues that we want to talk about is starter or opener. What do you do? Now, what do you mean? What do you do? What do you are do? Are you asking me? No, no, no. Like, what do you do? Do you are you in the opener boat or do you believe in a <sighs> no, traditional starter, starter boat? Starters. So, last year the Tampa Bay Rays started Sergio Romo in a few games as an opener. He pitched the first inning and then they brought in the traditional starter. I think that's crap. But what's the point of them doing that? It's all analytical stuff. Yeah, but what are the analy- what are the analytics saying? Well, if the analytic guys had their way. You would have nine guys that throw 100 miles an hour no, and I pitch under, one inning no, at a time. No, I get that. What I'm saying is I want to know what the advantage of putting a uh, with an opener to begin the game. Is it that uh, most of the hits come in the first? I don't understand. Like, what's the point? Because you're changing up the pitchers all the time. So it's not like you're... I can't even think of an advantage, to be honest with you. I mean... If I was a manager and I knew that there was an opener, I wouldn't change my lineup knowing the starter's coming in in the second inning anyway. I would just put my lineup up just as the starter was. I would just ignore That's what I'm saying. The so, fact. so, okay, so you get a, you get a start to... I, I, I know that as a hitter, the more times you see the starter, the more times you come to face him, mm-hmm. the more acclimated you get to his tendencies and maybe he, he tips off a pitch or whatever. You have a better chance of hitting the ball the longer he's in. Yeah, well, the more pitches you see, the better chance you have right. of, getting, so, of being successful. With the opener, I guess you get a later start to seeing the pitches, right? Yeah. But now, why even put in the starter? Because if you're going to leave him in for a couple of innings, that's you're still giving that other team time to see the pitches. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I mean... You're just, it, you're just starting them later in the game. Yeah, well, So if you're going to go through this be... whole opener thing, you might as well just never have starting pitchers and just do an entire game of just one or two innings with a reliever. Well, the fun, the interesting thing is, is if you break it down past that, and you just look at the mental game of baseball, the way that it, the way you know, numbers show you stuff, but you still can't take away the human element of any sport. No matter what number, whenever what stat you throw at me, my response will be, look, what about human? What about the human component of the of the sport of baseball? And I'm a starting pitcher. I've started, I'm mainly a starter. I've been brought in as a reliever and I haven't been as successful as a reliever because it's a different mindset. You know, some some pitchers are better relievers than starters. I mean, just look at like Chaba Chamberlain. Uh, Dylan Batanzas was a starter coming up. How about Phil Hughes? Phil Hughes. What was he better at? He was a better reliever. In 09, he came in and he was a big part of that bullpen yeah, that helped them win the World Series. He was. But as a starter now, and I still do it to this day. I have my routine. If a game starts at, let's say, 12 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm at the field by 9.45, 10 o'clock, starting my routine. And that routine is getting to the field, having my Red Bull, you know, packing my lip. He's a big Red Bull guy. You know, especially before games. You know, you know, just hanging out, not being rushed. You know, I'm still, I'm not dressed yet. I'm still in my shorts and my jersey, just hanging out. And then at a certain time... Let's say an hour and a half before game time, I start changing. I start putting my uniform on, I put my pants on, my socks, my cleats, everything. I got everything situated, you know, and then I start my routine. I stretch, I run, you know, for a half an hour. Then an hour before game time, I'll start long tossing and start throwing, you know, then I'll take a little break, then I'll go to, to my armbands and then I'll start throwing to my catcher. 
And that's all that routine, you know, prepares me for my game. I got my music in, I got my playlist, right. I listen to the it, same it music. Mentally, it mentally gets you ready. Yeah. And, you know, and in the past few seasons, I've had a lot of success. And, you know, the guys on my team make fun of me because I'm always the first one there. And it's kind of weird not being the first one there. And, you know, as a reliever, you are sitting in your in your jacket and you're not doing anything. You really don't throw much. You don't stretch much. And then when your number is called, you get up, you toss, you throw in the bullpen, and you're in the game. Mariano Rivera took a couple of pitches before he was ready. For me to be ready, I need to be preparing two hours before game time just to be ready to start. And You took a shit in that time? Uh, sometimes. You got it, man. Sometimes. I, like I, I always do before I, I play any sport. Sometimes. Um, you know, I eat light. I get light. You know, I do I do everything I need to mentally prepare myself. So now if you're telling me you're not pitching till the second inning, that throws me off completely. Now, what if the first inning is 45 minutes? What if, you know, you're sitting there cold? And what if there's a lot of what ifs with this? What if the, the opener gives up an inning or a run or two in that inning? Now you're, it's not your game. As a starter, it's your game. You're the one starting the game. You're throwing the first pitch for your team in that in that first inning. You're the one that's starting the game. You're a star. It's why it's called a starter. Okay, this whole opener bullshit needs to be put to bed because it's not. Are the there future. any other teams that are considering doing this though, or is it still just a raise? I I mean I think teams will dabble in it. I don't know if it's going to catch on. You know you have guys like Bumgarner who says he'll just walk out if he's ever told that he's pitching after an opener. You know these old school starters. You know and then they they're saying oh well we wouldn't do it to a Scherzer or Kershaw or a Bumgarner. You know this is the problem is that you can't use numbers to run the game. Baseball is a game of feel. What if you have your opener and your opener doesn't have it that day, but your starter does and your opener gives up two runs and then your starter shuts it down and you lose the game to nothing. You know, you know, there's so many things in the sport of baseball that you need to take into effect that the numbers don't, you know, like you can't tell me that a hitter is going to hit because it's under 75 degrees and it's an afternoon game and this, that, and the other thing. And he had the right meal and he got the right amount. Like, that doesn't help me here. If I'm a manager and I see a player show up and he just has that feel, I'm going to play him because I got a feeling. I got the good feeling. And, you know, nine out of ten times, my gut is right. You know, and as a manager, you have to live and die by the decisions that you make. You know, do you, when do you take out this pitcher? When do you do this? When do you do that? You know, you can't just live by your binder and say, well, the situation calls for this pitcher. And I've talked about it before. What if your ninth inning guy or your closer, Mariano's had blown saves, every major league closer has doesn't have their day. I mean, uh, Mariano Rivera is the reason why the Mariano Rivera is the reason why the Yankees didn't win that 0-1 World Series because he wasn't Mo, Mo in the second. Passport. Yeah, passport. And if you know, you got me confused. No, that's why the Yankees didn't win the 0-1 World Series was because Mo wasn't Mo in that inning that moment. in that moment that you know they had the lead and you think it's a done deal you know there's no automatics in baseball the game isn't over until that third out is made until that 27th out is recorded so you can't sit here and tell me that numbers run the game because numbers as no, as much as numbers show you tendencies and what might work it doesn't tell you what would work and 
you know, like I said, if a number, if the numbers in the binder tell you that a certain pitcher needs to come in and in the bullpen, he looks like shit, you know, then what you can, you're not going to sit in front of the media and say, Oh, well, you know, the numbers told us to do it. So we did it. That doesn't fly with me. It's, I would have more respect for a manager that says, well, you know, the mum, the numbers said we should bring in pitcher A, but I brought in pitcher B because pitcher B looked better in the bullpen and he got the job done. Like that's, that, that sounds so much better than saying, oh, well, we lost the game because the binder told us to do this and this is what we did. Like that isn't something that I agree with at all, at all. It's just asinine with me, asinine. Speaking of asinine, you know, I think we should transition here into what Paul Pierce said about LeBron James and going back to Matt's push and pull with Zion sitting out. Because I'm in the opposite camp. I think Zion should play. And I agree that um, LeBron, what what's going on with Paul Pierce is, is bullshit too because LeBron should play. So but I'll let Chance talk about this. And, you know, go ahead. So what Puma was talking about is that Paul Pierce says that the Lakers should shut down LeBron for the reason that it's not looking like the Lakers are going to be making the playoffs and that they should preserve LeBron for the next few years. So, I, 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 I can't believe he's, he came out and said this because it's, it's, so, it's so crazy to, to give a take like that as him as a former pro to someone who he will say that he competed all the time, right? Coming from an, an era of basketball that was just before all of this like prima donna shit that these guys played no matter what. These guys played even if their team sucked ass, they played all the time. But for him to say that he, they gotta preserve him for the future is stupid. And here's why. Here's what where I run into the problem. For more more than just him um kinda like his contract agreement. He said that these young guys in the Lakers, you know, they don't know what it takes to win. They don't know what it takes. It's time to go into playoff mode. Get into playoff mode. He's talking about all this shit. Like now's the time. We have to check our. We have to check in. We have to get it. Get it done. We have to make our run. You think that to in order to set that example, that that culture that you want to develop, your whole goal of coming to the Lakers was to develop or regrow a winning culture at the Lakers, you think the best way to do that is by sitting out a season? Now, I don't know where Paul Pierce like came up with this idea, if this is just his own thing that he thinks that they should do, or if maybe LeBron has hinted at it. But LeBron has to play the rest of the season. I don't care if they make it or not. He has to play, and he has to keep playing the way he's been playing. Don't tell me about it's all it's gonna wear him down. This guy preaches every day. These guys don't know what it takes. These young guys they need they need to get focused to get their mind right. They gotta check in mentally. It's time to go into playoff mode. Well, show them what that means. Show them that yeah, despite despite our team losing, I am going to be the leader that I told you that I'm going to be, and I'm going to lead by example. I'm going to show you that. I'm going to pl- try playing my best every night, which is, he, he's he's almost he's putting up near triple doubles every fucking night, and they're still losing. 
he really can't do more than what he's doing. He he dishes out a lot of fucking blame too. You see on the on the court, his body language is sometimes like him not even um, playing defense and giving up on plays really easily, quickly putting blame on other other players. You know, LeBron has always had his issues with this as well um, because he does want to win and he hates to lose. We don't, I don't know what goes on like on the court level. I don't know how he is in the locker room, but. I think it's safe to say that he he has a good relationship with his teammates. Maybe it's like a tough love kind of thing where he, he puts the blame on them, but you know what? Maybe he's teaching them accountability. Because um, he was able to turn bad Cavalier teams into into playoff and final contender teams before the whole super team craze. But, I mean, like I said, Paul Pierce, stupid idea. Shutting LeBron down for what? I mean setting a bad example for a teammate. So you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I, I agree. He's trying I, I he's think, trying to say, hey, think you got to you got to you got to get ready for playoff. We got we got to be in playoff mode. You, these guys don't know what it takes to win a championship. Well, show them what that means. And that means playing playing the way you're supposed to be playing. You're you're a fucking pro, man. You can't it's not like college like Zion where you know what? I'm not getting paid to play. I'm going to choose to sit out. Which again, like Puma said, I'm also against. As you heard, Matt says he should just look out for himself, and I I can see both sides. It's just my personal opinion is that if you make a commitment to the school, whether it's a year or four years, you got it. You got to fulfill it. So that's my thing with whole shutting down with LeBron. But what I found really interesting about this whole now Lakers thing, because the Lakers and LeBron has been dominating NBA headlines the last few days. They the Lakers just lost to the fucking Suns, who have. The worst record in the league. Worse than the Knicks. Suns are projected right now to get the first overall pick. And the Knicks, the Knicks can't even tank right. Dude, the Knicks the Knicks actually beat a couple teams, but no, they're still very bad. They're they're yes. also they're they're in the mix for top three. Anyway, Suns have the worst record in the league and they beat the Lakers by nine yesterday. I was watching a little bit of the game. LeBron LeBron just looked like I don't know. Didn't like. He was frustrated. Like he was fed up, you know. But they, apparently they made a late surge in the second half of the game to, to make it close. But at the end of the day, you lost to the Suns, who who are the worst team in the league. And the Suns, a team, they're never good. They're always bad. They keep drafting. They're like the fucking Browns of the of the NBA. They keep drafting first, second overall picks and they draft good players out of college, but then what happens? Their best player is Devin Booker, who's been who's now on the rise. He's been on the rise for the last few years. He's he's a very, very good player. But that's all they got, really. So they signed a couple veterans as well. I mean, that's a that's an organization that's just fucking upside down and backwards. They don't even know what the fuck they're doing. I, someone they brought a a, a GM or somebody from some head uh, front office guy from the NBA, they brought him on ESPN the other day, had him speaking about it, and he goes, we go around the room, we try to identify what the goal or the the, the the plan for each team is. How can we identify each team? You know, oh, uh, the Spurs, they're, they're now rebuilding, and the Thunder, they're doing this. And he goes, every time we get to the Suns, people, they don't know what to say. So that alone, that's a problem. And they still beat the Lakers. The Suns haven't been good since they had Nash, Marion, and <clears throat> Sotomayor. Yeah, so so now with that, after the game, Kyle Kuzma, one of the one of the stars in the team, young guy, um, 
He was also thought to possibly be traded for Anthony Davis via LeBron. Um, he said, quote, I'm not, oh, when asked what's wrong with this team or how do you guys get out of this slump, he said, quote, I'm not even sure. Obviously, there's something wrong with the team. Yeah, no shit. But he, you can't even make up a fucking, you can't even make up an answer. And his whole, if you looked at him, his whole demeanor was just terrible. He just sat there. He was just like, I know you guys can't see me right now, but like, he was just like, I don't know. I really don't know. He he didn't have an answer at all. He said, there's something wrong with this team. He said, it's up to us to fix it. But I don't know, man. You can't make shit up. And that just, I think that just is, an, is a, a tribute to their whole culture there. These young guys, like LeBron keeps saying, they don't know what it takes to win. But maybe they really don't care about winning. I don't know. Is that even a, is that a fucking hot take to to say as well? I, I don't know. You're a professional athlete. At the end of the day, like you, you if you don't, if, like you're saying with LeBron, it, to me it looks like LeBron is checked out. I wouldn't say checked out. I wouldn't say checked out because he's still putting up really really good numbers. But I'm thinking he's, that I think he's just fed up because he's trying to to do it. And like I said, I don't, I think people got we. I think we gotta not look at LeBron for this for this blame as to whether or not he wants to shut it down or not. Paul Pierce said this, not LeBron. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is Paul Pierce's opinion. Now I want to ask Paul Pierce if when he in his playing days, if somebody said you should shut it down, your team's not going to make the playoffs. Would he Paul play? Pierce was on a, was on a lot of bad Celtics, and he teams. played out the season. Yeah, you know, like like I said, this whole you know, it's not just basketball. All these you know, you'll see it in football. They'll sit players out, this and the other thing, but you know. You can't baby these athletes. You, you you can't. I understand that there's $38 million you're paying LeBron every year and to see him maybe get hurt, you know, would, and out for a long period of time could help hurt the long term. But he's a professional athlete. He gets a paycheck every game. He gets his game check, and he's healthy. Play. Play. And see what happens. You know what? This might be a lost season for the, for the Lakers in the long run, but set – the foundation set set the foundation now so that you he knew this going in, in yeah exactly he knew this he said he purposely like I said he purposely went to the Lakers to resurrect a storied franchise and bring them back to glory but he knew it wasn't going to happen this year unless he did in which case he, like that's stupid that's a really naive way of thinking that you're gonna you are going to take the Lakers and make them better than the fucking Warriors because look let's face it that's the that's the team you're going to have to beat in order to make it, not even win the finals anymore. Le- LeBron's goal, LeBron's old goal was beat the shit teams in the East, get to the finals and face the Warriors again, and just beat the Warriors. So focus on beating the Warriors so you can win the championship. But now, he has to beat the fucking Warriors in order to even make it into the finals and play against... Look, the East is not a, not a bad conference anymore, especially the top teams. Toronto, um, Milwaukee, and... Ah, fuck. Who's who else? Philly. Philly. Ah, fuck Philly. <laughs> They're not nothing. Toronto and Milwaukee mo- mostly, but the West you got Denver. You've got uh, Oklahoma City. Houston. You've got nah, Houston. Nah. But still, another team you have to potentially face De- in the playoffs no, and beat. Den- Denver, uh, o- OKC, and even Portland. They're no schlubs, and obviously the, the Warriors. Those are the teams you got to worry about. So, LeBron knew this going in. 
I don't know what he's got to do. Maybe it take maybe it takes. So now what's gonna happen if they get AD next year? Anthony Davis comes in, right? What's gonna happen? All these young guys are gonna be like, hey, yeah, no, you know, we still remember LeBron wanting to trade us for you, and we're still not gonna really play for this guy. Fuck him. So it's a mess. What do I think they should do, Kyle Kuzma? I think they should just fucking clean house. That's what I think. Clean house, like just trade everybody away. Get rid of the get rid of the young guys, because LeBron, he fucking polluted all of them. He polluted the fucking pond by him by him saying that he wants he would trade all these guys for Anthony Davis. They're all young guys. They're still very impressionable. These are these are guys that are younger than us, bro, and they've watched LeBron play. Now they're playing with him. And then he says all that shit, shit about him. Only for them to stay on the team. That's awkward. You know? Yeah, it is. So, you think they really want to play for him? Fuck him. You know? I, I I just find it hard to believe that this team actually genuinely lost to the fucking Suns. I know they're both professional teams. And anything can happen on any given night. But, I don't know, man. I think the Lakers have more talent than what their record shows. And... If LeBron wants to stay in, in L.A., then they need a clean house. Okay. That, that's that's I agree. I agree with you. I think that that's what needs to happen. You know, as a professional athlete and just as an athlete in general, if you are mentally soft, you're not going to make it. You got to be mentally strong as much as all physically right, but, strong. All right, but there's a difference between being mentally soft and then a, a, a person, an idol, like Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Look up to LeBron as an idol. Now you're playing with him. You're you're an impressionable young twenty year old player, and then your hero, your idol, wants to trade you. I don't care how mentally strong you are, dude. That 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 nobody wants that to happen to them. And you can you can try and look past it and move on and whatever, but deep down you know that that he always lo- is going to look at you as trade bait from now on. You know what I mean? I can he's see not that. he's not looking at you as a teammate. He's looking at you as a as a fucking pawn in his greater scheme. I could see that. He just wants he just wants you to be a piece of a trade. Yeah. That's it. That's it. You know, and that and that's how it was in Cleveland too. You know, when you sign a team signs LeBron, they gotta realize they're getting another GM outside of the GM they have. Because every move needs to run by LeBron. And that was a problem that they had that's with everything. in Cleveland. Now, Luke Luke Walton's under the gun now and uh, I mean he got the fucking coach in, in, in Cleveland fired. Fisdale, who's now with the... He got, didn't he get Fisdale fired no, too? No, 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 no. What happened first, with Fisdale? So first of all, the, Cle- the the Cavs signed this... I forgot his name now, but this fucking guy that used to coach and rush in uh, Europe, they brought him over, and LeBron didn't like him, so he so he fired him. Then he, he made Tyron Lue... The, co- the coach was Tyron Lue, and he made Lue his bitch, and Lue had no power, no control over the team. He just did whatever LeBron wanted to do. And um, that's just now Luke Walton's going through the same thing. He doesn't like Luke Walton. He doesn't like his style, or whatever. And he's get he's getting he's getting I don't know disrespected. I guess. Okay. So we're running short on time here. And you want to do? I've only got one. I've only got one pull. So I'll do that real quick. Do that. I got I got to push him. You want to do your both? All right, Mike. Mike, pull very quick. MLS is back in action. Uh, yesterday was the first day, and uh, oh man, thank God Matt's Matt's not on this anymore because I used to be an 
New York Red Bulls fan because that was the only team for, for New York at the time. Now you're NYC. But now it's a bitch for me to get to the stadium. Uh, always was. So now I'm an NYCFC fan as of last year. I went to a game. It was awesome. And I was like, you know what? This is going to be my team. I can take the train into the game. It's very easy, right? Plus, it's in Yankee Stadium. Fucking awesome. Uh, so now I'm a fan of that team. They blew a 2 up, two nothing lead in the second half to tie with Orlando City. But the game was in Orlando. What an atmosphere I saw on TV. It looked like a fucking European game. The, the, the stadium was full. The, the crowd was loud. Flags, streamers, flares. It was awesome. The MLS has definitely come a long way. It did come a long way, and it's only looking up. And like Matt said, his brother works for uh, Toronto FC. Me, him, Austin took a trip up to Toronto to go watch the Red Bulls versus the Toronto FC. That, and that, that stadium, you would think Toronto's a fucking soccer town, bro. Mm-hmm. It was it was awesome. You know, so, soccer reminds me a lot about hockey. When you yeah, get your fan base, yes, they're passionate about yes, that, yes, that, th- that yes, team. Fair. So my push and pull has to do with Bryce Harper. So my pull factor with Bryce Harper is the fact that he signs this 13-year deal. He sounds committed, and he gets the city wrong. He wants to bring a championship to D.C., so maybe he's a Russian agent inside Philly, and he's going to blow the Phillies out of the water, and the Nationals are going to win. I'm just kidding, obviously. But if you sign this big deal, get the city right. I understand people misspeak all the time, but get the city right. This is your first introductory wearing the Philly uniform, and make sure you say, and you know, it's funny, he got the, the street right. He said Broad Street, but he got the, the city well, right. Like, on top of that, they're, they're in their division rivals. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Like, think people in Philly want to hear that? They don't. They do definitely do not. It's like saying, oh, you know, you sign with the Eagles, and you're like, oh, I want to I want to bring a, a Super Bowl back to New York and down Broad Street. Yeah. Uh, awkward, awkward moment. My pull factor is the fact that Harper decided not to wear number 34, and he's wearing number three. That because, was good. I like that. Because he's saying that, you know, God rest his soul, Doc, Doc Roy Holiday should be the last Philly to wear number 34 in Philadelphia. So I thought that was a class move by the by Harper. Um, you know, seeing him wearing number three, kind of left-handed hitter, kind of draws the Babe Ruth comparison. Maybe he wants to be Philly's new Babe Ruth, especially in the fact that Citizen Banks Park is a bandbox and balls fly out of that stadium like, you know, like it's nothing. So... You know, I thought that was a classy move. I thought the fact that he decided not to wear his traditional 34 that he wore in Washington and wear his uh, regular new number, three, because of Holiday, I thought that was a class move. And I, I, yeah, I, I think, think that's number, cool. I think the number three is pretty sick, too. Yeah, well, sick. Iverson Iverson was three, and right, Iverson right, threw right. kudos at him, too, for, yeah. for picking three. Yeah. But with that being said, uh, hit the subscribe button. On us, we're going to get out of here. Hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. We are not on Apple Podcasts. Find us on Spotify. We are getting away. <coughs> Excuse me. We are getting away from releasing YouTube videos anymore. It just takes too much work for me. I'm sorry for our YouTube community, but there will be videos up on YouTube. We're going to do shorts on YouTube. We were talking about that. So smash the subscribe button. Give us a follow. And we look forward to hearing from you guys on our hat post that will be on Instagram and if you guys want to call in just DM us and we can get you guys on the show follow us on Twitter as well yes it's always, it's always a good place to talk Twitter, about. Instagram all of that yep. but without further ado Chance I just got one more thing to ask who do you think you are? I am <laughs>